Hello and welcome to What The Bump. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse who oddly enough has no kids, yet a huge passion for informing and empowering women on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me every week as we dive in to all things prenatal, postnatal, birth, and so much more. So let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of What The Bump. Today, we have another birth story, which I'm super excited for. We have Andrea Johnson coming on the podcast to share her birth story. So welcome to the podcast, Andrea. Thank you. I'm super excited you're here (laughs) and willing to share your story. So to start off, just tell me how you met your partner. So Tony and I met when we were freshmen in college. Um, So it was like in 2007, so a long time ago. And so we met at a fraternity party in college at Purdue University in Indiana. How long um, were you guys married when you guys got pregnant? Uh, We were married for five years when we got pregnant. So it was a long time coming is what it felt like for me. (laughs) Like long time coming as far as from getting married to having a baby? Yes. Like I was, I've been ready for a long time, but I was kind of waiting for him to be uh, like ready to have a kid and just kind of thinking financially and everything to be ready to have a baby. We waited for a bit. Yeah. I feel like that is a lot of times how it is. Like (laughs) the woman is always ready to have a baby like right away. And for men, I I don't know if it's because like we're the ones having the baby. So it's easy for us to wrap our heads around it. And for men, it's like so hard to wrap their heads around, like having a baby. And I don't know if the women are always just ready first. Yeah, I agree completely. (laughs) Also, you guys, you might hear some like baby cooing in the back. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Andrea's baby that she's just trying to get down for a nap. We love it. Babies are always welcome here on the podcast. <laughs> so was this your first pregnancy? Yes. So um, I actually got my IUD out in December 2nd of 2019 and then um, got pregnant within the first two weeks of having my IUD out, which was a very big surprise. I thought that it would take a long time for me to get pregnant after getting my IUD out and being on birth control for a long time, but it happened within the first month. So it was an exciting, um, kind of unexpected pregnancy, but I was definitely ready, as I said before. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's really quick. Most of the time it does take a while. And did you have, what kind of IUD did you have? Was it a hormonal one or was it the copper one? Um, it was the hormonal one. So oh, I think wow. it was the Skyla. Yeah. So, I mean, I was quite surprised because I thought it would, because t- we would thought about starting in like March of 2020. So I was like, oh, I'll get my body adjusted by getting it taken out. And so it happened within that first month. So it was crazy. So did you ever have a regular cycle after having the IUD taken out? No. So it was kind of confusing to find the, um, when I was going to be due because my cycle ended in November and then I didn't have a cycle between then and, um, getting pregnant. So. Oh yeah. That definitely can make that a little bit complicated (laughs) because they normally base off your last menstrual period and you really didn't have one necessarily. Right. Tell me about actually finding out you were pregnant. I just kind of felt kind of weird. And actually like even over, like I wasn't very pregnant. And I remember telling people like, oh, I mean, maybe I'm pregnant right now. We just don't know. Cause we had talked, we were just talking around the holidays about having a baby with friends and stuff. And um, it turned out I was actually pregnant, but I didn't know at the time we were just kind of hanging out on a Sunday. And I was like, oh, I like, I feel weird. And I feel like I should have had a period by now. So I went to Kroger and got a pregnancy test and then like pretended that I needed to go back to Kroger because I forgot something because I was like, there's no way that this is positive. And it was. And so I had to go get another one just to make sure because um, I'm kind of a OCD, like have to make sure that everything's perfect and know for sure. So, I mean, I was really surprised that I was pregnant that first month. After finding out you were pregnant, how far along were you when you actually like found out? Which, I know you said it was kind of hard to pinpoint, but what did they estimate you at? So when I first went to the doctor, I was like eight weeks. So that was in like the middle of January. Cause I was still, I mean, I was like, I had the positive test, but I was like, there's no way I was pregnant. Like 
you just see all these things of people having such struggles to get pregnant. I thought I would be there too because I'd been on birth control for so long. So I was just surprised that it, I mean, I was utterly shocked that it happened so fast. Yeah. That's amazing. And so just take me like through your pregnancy journey. Did you have any complications or like any struggles, I guess? Not really. So I was considered high risk because I'm um, overweight, a bit overweight. I had to take two glucose tests kind of thing, but I got more um, ultrasounds because I was considered high risk. Other than just like heartburn pretty terribly, I didn't have any other issues. I didn't have like morning sickness or anything like that. So it was kind of a wonderful pregnancy actually. That's awesome. And you said you had to take the the insulin, like the glucose test twice. Did you pass both of those mm-hmm. times? I did. Yep. Oh, so okay, I that's took awesome. it at yeah, I took it at 12 weeks and then again at I think 26. So yeah, I passed both times. The pregnancy was pretty, pretty smooth for you. No morning sickness. I mean that's incredible in itself. Right. And I was friends with somebody that was pregnant at the same time and she had terrible morning sickness and I felt bad that it like she kept having morning sickness and I was like I just kind of have some heartburn. Other than that, I'm pretty good. Yeah. It's crazy. The range that you can get because some people will have such terrible morning sickness to where they lose a ton of weight and they literally become like malnourished and in the hospital. And then other people just like float right through, like nothing is wrong. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And that's the thing. I was like, I don't even feel like I'm pregnant at the time because it's like, you're just, you know, like, you know, something's there, but it's so small and you're just like, oh, well, you know, just kind of moving on. So. Yeah. Did you have any big like food aversions or cravings? Aversions would definitely, like I couldn't do chicken wings, which we have a lot of chicken. My husband loves chicken wings and I just couldn't do it. Um, So we had to go boneless, which he was sad about. Like I liked ice cream a lot too, but other than that, I was pretty just okay. Yeah. I like ice cream and it's not a pregnancy craving. So (laughs) I can see that probably, you know, I'll use that as an excuse one day. It's the pregnancy craving, right? It's not, (laughs) it's not. No. Yeah. So going into birth, did you guys have a birth plan? Did you do like any birth classes or like uh, baby classes even? people we had talked to had talked about them, but with COVID and everything, I had looked into them, but the, they were all online or and none were in person. Some of them were like, you had to pay for it, which I didn't feel like doing that either. So we didn't take any classes. Um, and our birth, and we really didn't have a birth plan either. He was breached from 20 weeks on. So, um, and like every time I'd have an ultrasound, he was still breech. I just kind of had prepped myself for a C-section, but also hopeful for a natural birth. Um, but like pretty sure that it was going to be a C-section because he wasn't moving anywhere. So did you do anything to try to get him to flip while you were pregnant? I had like read about stuff like laying on an ironing board or something like that was one of them. Um, my sister had a breech baby too at one point, And she said like, just like kind of stimulating it on the outside of like turning with your hands. But other than that, I just kind of thought about it a lot and was hopeful. Didn't work. So <laughs> I've never heard of laying on an ironing board. That's interesting. What, <laughs> no. Like, how do you lay on it? So you like put it on one end on the couch and then like try to lay on it. I did not do this, that. Sounds, but, um, that sounds like you're going to fall. That just Right. Exactly. That sounds <laughs> not, I don't know. That just no. sounds like leaning an ironing board on a couch on an angle and laying on it. Sounds- yeah. No, it does. But yeah, I didn't actually do that one, but I, I had read about it. So yeah, I know people do, people will do, um, acupuncture a lot of times, chiropractic adjustments. Um, there's an amazing site that a lot of people use as a reference, even during labor, but it's called spinning babies. And they do have, I believe they have like some positions and stuff like that, that can try to help turn a breech baby. I know yoga, some people say like doing headstands. Oh yeah. 
my sister also said that she did like flips in a pool, you know, like somersaults in the pool to try and get it to flip. But she said it didn't work. So, so I was like, so I'm not going to try sister, it. Did your sister have a C-section for breach as well? Yes. So oh, for her okay. third child, she did. Um, oh. Yeah, she had. And we actually didn't find out what hit sex he was. So we thought it was a girl the whole time. And I read this statistic that like most, like 60 some percent of C-section or 60% of breech babies are girls. And I was like, I think that just confirms it's a girl. And so the whole time we thought he was a girl. And then it, when we had the C-section, eventually he, it was a boy. It was really exciting. <laughs> oh, did you buy but, like any girl stuff? No. Well, my sister, I, my sister had given us a bunch of clothes because she just had a baby um, in June where we were due in September. So she had given us all of the newborn stuff that she had for a girl. And then she has three, bo- she has one girl and three boys. So she had given us all of her newborn clothes. So I had put like all the girl stuff in the dresser and left the boy stuff. Like, it's like, there's no way. So I like left it, put it away. <laughs> and then we got home from the hospital. I needed it. So yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you guys have a name picked out for both genders? Well, so I had had a boy name in my head the whole time. And then um, when we were waiting um, before the C-section, I was like, oh, we need a girl name. Like, I, I like I like this name, but I don't know for sure. And he was like, well, we'll just kind of figure it out after the baby's born. Um, but then it ended up being a boy. And so the name just kind of was already picked. So what name? What did you guys name him? Uh, his name's Elliot Vernon. So I had always just loved the name Elliot. I love the name um, Elliot. So tell me about going into labor. Like, how did you go into labor if you went into um, labor even? I, so I did. Um, I, we, it was a Tuesday night um, and I had worked till, so I'm a teacher and we had like with all this online learning stuff, we had a weird schedule and we worked till seven that night. So I got home, ate dinner, showered, got ready for bed. Um, and I was going to the bathroom one more time before bed. So we, we have one bathroom in our house and we sleep upstairs and then go downstairs to the bathroom, obviously. But I was going downstairs for the bathroom and I got to the top of the stairs and it was just like a gush of, I didn't know what. So, and my husband's like, you just peed yourself. Like you're fine. I was like, no, this is more than pee. Like It was a lot of fluid. As I found out later, I was like, there's no, like, I did not just pee myself. Like there's no control in this situation. So I tried to call the doctor's office and I don't know what happened, but I didn't get a doctor. And I tried to call my sister and she didn't answer. And we actually only lived two blocks away from the hospital. So I was like, okay, we'll just go to the hospital. And if they tell us to come home, we come home. But I don't think that's the case. Uh, He's like, well, we're going to be home by midnight. And I was like, there's no way that this is just nothing. And I had been scheduled for an aversion procedure on Friday because he was breached and they were going to, we were going to try to turn him manually, but he decided that he wanted to come out on Tuesday night. How many weeks were you when your water broke? Uh, 39. Okay. 39 weeks. So you, you guys went into the hospital and then what basically happened from there? So we get to the hospital um, and they take your temperature because of COVID and everything. And I am like, like, this is gross, but I was like walking around and there was just liquid still just like following me everywhere I went. Uh, My shoes were soaked. Every, (laughs) it was it was disgusting. Oh, wow. And I was like, like, I felt bad. Like they had to like kind of clean up after me as I was going up the elevator and everything. Cause I couldn't help it. It was just uh, leaking everywhere. So, um, we get upstairs and, um, like you can tell, like I had changed my clothes after, before we went to the hospital and they were soaked again, even in the two blocks that we made it to the hospital. So we get to the triage and they're like, yeah, you're in labor. So the nurses checked me out and I told them that he was breech because he had still been breech. We, because uh, I had gone for a stress test on the Friday and Monday, and it was Tuesday that he went into labor. So on the Friday and Monday, 
uh, I went for a stress test because that Friday I just didn't feel enough movement and I got really nervous. Um, so they let me have a stress test and um, he was fine, but it just scared me because I just didn't feel anything yet. Or I had not yet, but I hadn't felt anything for the morning. And so uh, kind of a nervous Nelly. They did a stress test, but he was still breech. So um, I told the people in triage that he was breech. Um, and then a midwife checked me and I was, I think, four centimeters dilated. Uh, but he was still breech. So I had to have a C-section. Were you contracting during that? Yes. So I was contracting, um, th- not very many and they were pretty far apart, um, but because my water had broken, I had to deliver. So, right. You, I mean, that's just, that's pretty quick and to go to four centimeters that fast, which, Yeah. you know, far and few, some women get to four centimeters contracting for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> right. What was his percentage? I don't know if you would even know this. Do you know, was he like butt first? Was he a footling? Like what was um, the percentage? So he was like sitting Indian, Indian style. Okay. Yep. Down, down that way. So um, yeah, there, it would not have been an easy delivery. Around what time was it that you got to the hospital and they told you you were four centimeters? Uh, it was like 10. So we, so our house, so again, two blocks. So we got there around 1030. And I want to say it was like 1130 or so that they told me I was four centimeters. Okay. And then, so they just decided they were going to do the C-section like right then. Yes. I think it was a resident came in and talked to me and she was like, well, me and my husband and said, we could have tried an aversion, but I think I lost a lot of amniotic fluid from my, from my belly when I had my water broke. So they said, they're not going to try an aversion. We were just going to go into a C-section. So did they like move you to the room and prep you and um, let you stay awake for the (laughs) C-section? Yep. I got to stay awake for the whole C-section. Yeah, I, I like even walked from the triage to the seat to the surgery room because we had to wait a little bit for the doctor to be free from delivering somebody else before then. My husband got to he's very squeamish, but he got to come into the, the room too, which was kind of cool. But <laughs> I was kind of more worried about him than I was myself because I was scared that he was going to pass out. And just the look on his face the whole time was kind of funny. So. so how was your overall like surgical C-section experience, would you say? Uh, it was, um, I've never had a major surgery before. It was nerve wracking, but I could, had prepared myself for it. The spinal uh, thing that they do to numb you was really easy. The the doctor and the uh, nurse anesthetist, anesthetist. <laughs> yeah, nurse uh, anesthetist. It's yeah. a big word. It's a big word. <laughs> they were, uh, they were really friendly and nice and just kind of talked me through everything. And so it was, it was really smooth. I obviously didn't feel anything. It was just kind of weird because I've never been in surgery, let alone awake during a surgery. And so you have that big blue thing. So you just, you don't really know what they're doing down there. You're just kind of sitting there, just kind of looking around and kind of just waiting and excited. So, yeah, I always think about that. I always, you know, I, I do a ton of C-section, but I'm on the other side of it. And I always think like, I wonder what it's like for the patient to, cause you're right. You have the blue drape there. You really can't see anything. And you're just like, Oh, like, I, I wonder what they're doing. Like, you know, they're getting your right. baby, but it's just, <laughs> it's gotta be weird to be a first time parent. It's like, Oh, I mean, like we're going to become a parent or like whenever they get this thing out, like, you know, we get this baby out. Yeah. Um, and how was your postpartum experience as far as like even healing, um, those first few days in the hospital, having the baby, how was all of that? It was, it went really smoothly. I, for some reason, was able to move really quick from one bed to the other kind of thing, right? Like after surgery and my scar was really easily healed and like in the hospital, it was pretty easy to manage to get him up and around and everything. I was, I was expecting a lot worse than I guess it was. I listened to my body really well and like taking it easy, trying to take naps and just making sure that I was like well hydrated and everything to make it easier. And did you choose to breastfeed? 
Uh, I'm actually just pumping. So he struggled to latch the first couple of days. They brought me a pump in the hospital and I was kind of just planning on doing pumping anyways. And so then when he didn't really latch well, um, I just decided to pump and just kind of started that way. And so that's what I've just continued to do. So kind of like pump and feedback. Yep. So I just pump and then dump it in a bottle and just give them the bottle. Yeah. I always tell people that's such a great option, especially because, you know, a lot of moms, and if you choose the bottle feed, I mean, that's 100% fine. I literally, I mean, fed is always best, but, um, I always talk to a lot of moms and their biggest thing with not wanting to breastfeed will sometimes just be the fact that either baby didn't latch well, or that, you know, it's just, it's super time consuming. You have to be there to feed the baby. You don't get to sleep through the night when you breastfeed, you know, there are definitely like some it's, it's just, it's time consuming. It can be really physically demanding. And Mm -hmm. I always, um, talk to my patients who, when they say that those are the reasons they don't want to breastfeed, I always talk to them about doing this, about doing the exclusive kind of pump and feedback, because it's such a great alternative. I feel like that people just say either, you know, are you breast or are you bottle? But they forget that, that in between area where you can pump and feedback. And it's such a great option for people who, you know, maybe you have to go back to work pretty quickly. Like financially, you're not able to stay home and breastfeed for months. You know, there's just so many different reasons why breastfeeding might not work. And it's such a good option. And I always, I like that you, I like that you did that because it's always something that I always try to talk to people about. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's working really well for our family. If um, like, if I need to leave the house or I want to leave the house, I can leave and my husband can give him the bottle really easily which is nice because if I was breastfeeding, I wouldn't be able to do that as easily. And I've heard of babies like struggling to bottle feed when they're just breastfed and stuff like that, which isn't the case for everybody. But I also went back to work um, at nine weeks and he, he takes a bottle really well for a babysitter. I've built up a good supply. So if, if I need to, I have a big freezer full of breast milk that if we need it, we can use it. This is like the happy medium between bottle and breast. You, you're also, you know, you get that freedom, but your baby's also still getting the amazing benefits that are in breast milk that like, let's be real formula is never going to provide, you know, yeah, yeah. antibodies and all that amazing things that your breast milk does give. Tell me about your shock of when he came out and it was a, it was a him. Like, how did you find out? Did yeah. the doctor announce it? Did your husband, what happened? Even in like the triage room before we went back to surgery, um, they were like taking, like, not taking bets, but just like, oh, I bet it's a boy. I bet it's a girl. A lot of people were like oh I bet it's a boy and it and like even people at work they'd come up to me and use like he pronouns a lot so it was kind of funny because I was like oh no it's a girl and my husband was so sure it was a girl so like they're obviously taking him out and they're like it's a boy and even like the doctor and the uh, the nurses were like guessing and so like it was kind of it was just really exciting because we just didn't know it was a cool thing because you just wait you're just waiting so long to find out Um, And just that excitement just kind of all gets to a head that you have your baby and then you know what he, that it's a he, I I don't, I guess I just can't describe how exciting it was to know, finally know that it was a he. Yeah. And we thought it was a she. (laughs) Do you have anything else to share from like either, you know, your entire pregnancy, um, your C-section and birth or your postpartum experience? Um, Well, I, so I did, I was thinking about this earlier. I did switch OBs halfway or not halfway, but like from my first to second trimester, I just wasn't really comfortable at my first OB office. They had made me feel kind of funny about being like kind of overweight and even working. Like I had, I was saying that I needed a late appointment and they're like, how are you going to work and be, and have all your appointments? And I was like, I don't really have another option. Like, like to work is what I need to do to, you know, support the baby. So I switched OBs from my 12 week appointment to 16 week appointment. And it was 
it, it was what I needed to do. And um, it was a decision that I'm so glad I stuck with because I really enjoy my OB at this other practice where the um, first one, I just wasn't comfortable. It was kind of a hard decision because um, not that I had any like real attachment to my first OB office. The second one, it just, I felt so much more comfortable and able to talk about what, I, what like what I expected and everything. Yeah. That, those are all definitely like really important things to be comfortable with your provider and to have a relationship with them, especially when it comes to having a baby. You definitely want to know that they have the same, I guess, like plan as you do. You want right. to know that y'all are on the same page when it definitely comes to having a baby. Yeah, I agree completely. So do you have any like top tips or like bits of advice for new moms that you want to share? One is to, to bring your own towels to the hospital. Um, <laughs> I did not bring my own towels and they were like clearly little towels and just, you, you want to be as comfortable as possible, especially after having a C-section. Cause I mean, I was in the hospital for two days after I was ready to go, even though I know it's like a standard thing to stay for a certain bit, but I was ready to leave the hospital, but I couldn't cause you just had a major surgery. So making sure you bring your own towels because you're going to, you're going to need them. Um, also probably your own pillow. I struggled to get comfortable in that bed after, uh, after the surgery and everything you're tired, but like, it's just a lot of excitement just to, to remember to always enjoy it. He, having babies a very exciting time, but you also remember to enjoy it even when they're upset or sad or the baby has a lot of emotions and they don't know how to deal with them yet. Take deep breaths and enjoy it as it is. He's still not sleeping through the night. And so I just have to remember and remind myself that this isn't going to happen. Like he's not going to be this little forever. So I need to just enjoy it, even if I am up two to three times a night. So, yeah, I definitely think a towel and pillow are important. I also always tell people an extra long phone charger because the outlets are not oh, yeah. close to the bed. <laughs> oh yeah. So you will need it. Yeah. To enjoy the newborn phase, because a lot of times it can be really easy to, and I mean, this is inevitable. Like you're going to be exhausted. You're not going to sleep through the night. It's, you know, you know, that when you sign up for this or when you get pregnant at least. And it, it's just, it's a beautiful stage though, because one day you're going to look back and you're going to miss it. I promise yes. that you're going to miss the sleepless nights and you're going to miss having a little newborn. So you really do have to like soak up that newborn stage and just really try to enjoy it the best you can, even though sometimes it definitely can be rough and you just have to validate those feelings and know that it's okay to feel like that on some days. Mm -hmm. I agree completely. Um, awesome. cause yeah, they're definitely hard days for sure. Yeah, but. For sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I really enjoyed having you and hearing from you. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of What the Bump. Make sure you follow us over on Instagram at What the Bump Podcast. Leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and make sure you tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. There's a new episode. I really appreciate you for listening. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only and I hope you have a great day.